Hello, humans, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 110. We are recording Wednesday, July 28th, 2020, the day of the Activision Blizzard employee walkout. Um, I'm joined by the notorious at AJ underscore ID. AJ, how you been doing? I've been all right. It's Wednesday. We've made it halfway through the week. Yes, we are uh, rounding the curve, as they say. I want to just from the top of the show, because we're going to keep it short, because this is a, a lunch break pod. <laughs> I want to shout out and do a quick news story dip with Patrick Klepik over at Waypoint, um, who are just definitely some of the best writers and thinkers about labor and games, um, along with some of the work that's done over at Kotaku, um, to talk about the Activision Blizzard walkout. Um, so uh, 1,600 current employees have signed an open letter demanding change, uh, and uh, CEO Bobby Kotick, uh, this res has responded to the letter um, after they were unhappy with his initial response and the tone of his initial response to a uh, sex discrimination lawsuit filed by California. Um, we have a quote here calling it a breeding ground for harassment over at Activision Blizzard. Um, one of the behaviors that's called out in a lot of the coverage is a cubicle crawl, which is where a bunch of male employees would get very drunk and then crawl into uh, crawl around the office into other cubicles and harass women during it. Um, I, this is incredibly serious. One of the people who uh, used to work there had, had committed suicide over some of the harassment. Um, and so um, I would encourage people to um, seek out, you know, it's being covered at all the major news uh, gaming news sites. I would really encourage people to seek out this and like understand when people call for labor stuff and when people call for treating uh, women or oppressed groups with uh, kindness and um, raising their voices and centering their experiences, it comes from situations like this. And frankly, um, you know, this is just the latest in a, you know, over the last number of years, I know when I was talking with AJ before the start of the show, uh, it was, wasn't, you know, didn't, didn't this, wasn't this from last year? And, um, you know, there's all this stuff at Ubisoft, um, Riot Games from a few years before that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, just want to express my solidarity for folks walking out um, and, uh, you know, I hope things improve for people in Activision Blizzard and I hope that their demands are being met. Um, AJ, you got anything on this or should we just bump forward with the show? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess society needs to do better. I need to do better. Uh, we're all learning together. Hopefully something good comes out of it. Yeah. Everyone can do better. I can do better. Um, I think this is just, uh, a very, you know, it's Activision Blizzard is one of like the biggest companies in gaming, obviously. And like, it's small things that add up, but then it's also systemic things or cultural things at a company like that, that can lead to 
real serious tragedies happening. So anyhow, um, with that being said, we're going to jump into the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation or you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. If you do not use Twitter, you can send us an email the good old fashioned way to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. That's our website. Go check it out. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, conveniently named Mostly Normal Monthly, uh, at the website or at mngamers.substack.com. Uh, back issues are found at that .substack.com address. And we have a new voicemail box uh, through Google Voice, which can be reached at 507 291 2991. If you want to call in and contribute your voice to the show with a review, with a question, with a snarky comment or a serious comment, uh, we would love to have folks contribute to what we got going on here at Mostly Normal Gamers. With that, we're going to jump into what we're playing. And I would love to hear what's been going on with you, AJ. What is keeping your thumbs busy? Um, well, I've been playing a little bit less than normal. Um, I've started a new real life job this week. Congratulations. So. Yeah, thank you. So I'm back on that full time grind. But in my off time, I've been playing pretty much solely Monster Hunter. Um, both Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories just off and on. Like, I think playing Monster Hunter Stories really made me like, kind of fall in love with monster hunter all over again it's weird because like the hunters are kind of like the bad guys in in stories like they're like after you trying to like get the egg you have and they're like these big tough like bad people <laughs> that are like oh watch out for the hunters they're coming um which is funny because you're a hunter in every other game other than stories so it's like in stories you're a rider because you ride the monsters around um it undercuts yeah. all of the other games. It really does. But then also it was like, I'm like riding a Pookie Pookie around. And I'm like, oh, I kind of really want to go hunt the Pookie Pookie. But then I'm also like, wait, these are my friends now. Like, I don't want to go like make armor out of their bodies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw um, one of my favorite gaming characters. I can't call it one of my favorite games because I never beat it because I got stuck on a boss. Um, but Amaterasu from Okami is getting added as a skin for your like wolf dog companion character. Yeah, Palamute. 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 Yeah, <laughs> Palamute. I and I so badly need to start that game and get caught up so that I can get that skin. Um, yeah. I had like done all the tutorial, like I jumped in the tutorial area right away because people were like, that's where you get to switch out your weapon and like learn the different weapons mm -hmm. and just spent like an hour or an hour and a half switching between like as many of the different weapons that I could to try them out and then literally stopped playing the game after that. Never played <laughs> one of it. Um, so that's a good way to get me excited to get back into it. Yeah, it's a fun game. I've made a decent amount of progress. I did roll credits on it, which happened faster than I thought it would. But I mean, there's still, I think, more game than there was to get to the credits left afterwards. So it's not like the game ends by any means. 
Um, well, and I do know um, people kind of said, hey, like the game didn't really feel like it was finished when it was released. And they kind of added that finished ending uh, in the first big update to Rise. And then it looks like they have a couple more updates coming, uh, one of which being this Okami crossover. Yeah, they do a good job, at least historically, of giving you lots of free content. Um, I know World just had, it was like every month something else was coming out, whether it's Aloy or, you know, Resident Evil crossover or whatever it is. Like Capcom definitely likes to share its IPs. (laughs) Well, and like shout out to them resurrecting a long dormant series that basically got, I think, a, a sequel on the DS and then a re-release on like each generation but like there's been no news from the okami front um (laughs) and i think part of that's because the people who made it left capcom um with that being said um so just so for my edification stories is kind of like a pokemon game like in terms of like a turn-based combat with you have your your they call them like monsties right as your party (laughs) members and stuff like that um, yeah, it's kind of like Pokemon and I don't know any other turn-based JP, JRPG like combined because it's you are yourself and your monster fight at the same time, and then like mm-hmm. once you reach a certain level of I think it's called oh my gosh I'm mind blanking on what it's called I don't know like your sync like the way you're synced with each other during battle or whatever. There's a term that they use for it. I can't remember it right now, but. You fill up that bar and then um, you can ride your monster. And then, oh, cool. Yeah. And then, if you like time things right, like you can use the like superpower right away, or you can like just do a couple like regular attacks. So you like wait for your companion because you always, like you almost always have a buddy and their monster with you, like a computer character. Um, so, like, once they ride their monster, if you're riding yours at the same time, you can do awesome like dual attacks where it's like, ice and fire at the same time or whatever monster you have ice and venom or um so that's mm. part's pretty cool so that's and then there's like some strategies involved too whether like where there's like speed beats power and power beats technicality and technicality beats speed and you kind of like based on what monster uh predict what they're gonna do and try to like pick the one that you know would beat it um so yeah there's lots of different little like strategies i think it's a little bit more in depth than Pokemon, but also like I've never really gone like super deep into like Pokemon battling or like breeding or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think, um, the average person who plays a Pokemon game probably doesn't get into the super deep EV IV statistical min maxing. Um, and so it sounds like maybe like the, every man version every person version of the the game uh is maybe a little more involved than like your average pokemon game yeah probably but cool yeah. awesome awesome mm-hmm. um what about you it looks like you've been playing slay the spire slay the spire <laughs> this is uh as of yesterday like super obsession um so it was a little bit of a slow night at my job and I'm lucky enough to have a pretty flexible workplace where um, if there's downtime, I can like bust some games out usually. And I had wanted to test out um, some xCloud streaming on my laptop. And so uh, 
the place I work at has a Xbox One in our shelter, and we have one of the Bluetooth-enabled Xbox controllers. So I synced that with my laptop and fired up Chrome, and I tried playing. Actually, I you know I played a different game at first, um, which is because I finally jumped into River City Girls, which is on Game Pass as well. Um, which is like a modern take on River City Ransom with uh, female protagonists who are trying to rescue their girl or their boyfriends who get kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, super fun side-scrolling beat 'em up with some slight RPG elements uh, where you level up and unlock new moves. Played through the first level of that on my couch, felt great. Really, uh, I mean, it's it got very hard uh, towards the end of that first level and into the start of the second level. And so I tried uh, that over xCloud and the latency was a little bit too much. Um, You know, there's like a delay between you hitting stuff and just when you're already bad at a side-scrolling beat-em-up games, it it made it almost impossible for me to make any progress or beat any of the enemies. Um, But my coworker who I was uh, chilling with was super into Slay the Spire for a really long time. And so... um, knowing that that is a single-player, turn-based, uh, card-based, menu-driven game, I fired that up, and even over our like not-very-good work Wi-Fi, um, I was able to have a really fun time getting into uh, this like card-based, roguelike game. That's cool. Um, I just did a run this morning as the second character you unlock, who has like poisons and like has a mechanic where you are choosing to draw cards and discard cards. Um, but there's like four different classes. And so I just unlocked the third class. Um, but I was hooked in, I played it probably for like two hours, uh, and then came home and like played it for another two hours on the couch on my Xbox. I like downloaded it from game pass to the, like the home Xbox so that I could keep playing. (laughs) Um, so that was really great. Um, I also yesterday, yesterday turned into like a little bit of a gaming day. Just uh, I had a little bit of downtime for once. Um, So I jumped into Dark Souls 1 in my save uh, in the Duke's archives and um, just felt like I was a king, was making all this progress, realized that this cool shiny set of armor I had was not remotely as strong as my plus eight set of like wanderers clothes outfit. (laughs) Um, and then lost like 45,000 souls because I died and then died again. Um, but I did like make a tiny bit of progress in the sense that I knew, like I had kind of got, I fell off for like two months and like, didn't really know how I was supposed to get out of this one room. And, uh, I watched a little bit of a guide and then, um, very shortly after that realized that there was a pretty obvious, uh, exit to the room that I just like was not seeing. Um, that <laughs> yeah. had a really deep pit to fall into and die. <laughs> Isn't that the worst when you're like, all right, fine, I'll Google it. And then all you had to do is turn around. <laughs> well, all right, yeah, I'll Google it. And it was like, oh, you have to like spin these two mechanical staircases around a couple oh, of times yeah. <laughs> and then it'll dump you. Like, it was like a little more work, but I, it, I like think I had been on that side of the room and like somehow just like not noticed that like a little further over there was a wide open doorway. Um but that game's still still very excellent, and I think I'm going to get drawn back into that. And then uh, the game I've been spending my most of my time with is I um, started back up from kind of like the... Uh, there's like a point in Dragon Quest XI where there's kind of a, a plot twist, um, and then you are sent out and you get to kind of check in 
um, in the aftermath of that plot twist with um, each character one-on-one, you do like a, a little individual story with each party member from your RPG party. Oh, cool. Um, and so I, I think I've done like three or four of them so far. Um, I think I just got to the fourth one this morning. Um, and uh, I have like the Japanese voice acting on and um, and it's with uh, subtitles. And so like um, the, you know, the, the combat's still really fun and flu- like, you know, it... it it just is like such a Japanese role-playing game in all of the best ways. And um, it's interesting to like strip out your party members because like, you know, maybe like you have to rely on NPCs now that they're having join up with your party members uh, to do your healing or something. Cause uh, a lot of the characters that they have you start out with are all pretty combat based. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the first one you do is not, um, but there's actually some really touching story moments and it's all about like, um, you know, the group, the band gets broken up and uh, all the stories are are stories of them having been inspired by um, the Luminary, who's like the nameless hero protagonist um, who's featured in like Smash Bros and the DLC and stuff. Um, so it's being inspired by the Luminary. They go out and inspire other people and start making the world a better place, um, which is very like sort of like, you know sweet endearing fairy tale esque storytelling. Yeah. Um, but it is so much fun and <laughs> I'm really glad I'm back playing it. Um, but yeah, those are the games I've been playing. I, uh, I feel like I've been doing the thing where I like move around between games and like dip my toe in the pool in a bunch of them and then like get sidetracked and never finish them. So I'm back to the way I normally play video games again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I was, uh, Game Pass will do that to you, I feel like, too, because there's just so many options. Oh, man, I, I'm like going I am having like the first time I think I talked about this on the show the last time I was on where like games that I like wanted to play on Game Pass are now leaving Game Pass and I never touched them. Oh, no. So the Netflix continues. Um, anyways, how about we jump into a quick little blitz through the news? Let's do it. Um, so obviously from the jump, we talked about the Activision Blizzard walkout. I want to make sure to highlight that again. I think that's probably the biggest news story in the last week and a half at this point. Um, I encourage people to find their favorite gaming news site of choice and uh, get up to date on that. So people know what's going on. Um, Last week after the show was recorded, EA had EA play, uh, Mm -hmm. which is usually kind of their E3 event. um, But it was a little bit later in the summer than E3 this year. Um, Did you get a chance to follow along with this? AJ? Um, I had a glance at some of them. Um, I see there's some Knockout City updates or um, this one game that's right on top of the Eurogamer.net website, Lost in Random, looks pretty cool. Yeah, this, I know some people, I actually um, heard that it was shown off. I guess it's not like the first announcement of it, but um, this is kind of like a deep dive they did. Um, this was written up by Wesley and Poole over at Eurogamer, um, where he recapped all the stuff they showed off. 
Um, and I had not had a chance to see this until just now. Um, and I really like, so it's, I'm seeing like a bunch of dice and playing cards based stuff. And it's like a third person 3d action game. Yeah. Um, almost like a little bit of Zelda E vibe with some of the combat I saw. Um, it kind of looks claymation. -y, um, almost like, a uh, Coraline world, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's uh, what's that Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. Tim Burton or like yeah, Tim Burton, uh, that's other saying. stop motion stuff. Coraline's <clears throat> from a a different studio, um, but I um honestly was a teeny tiny bit like not paying attention to EA Play last week, and boy, am I sad I didn't pay attention to this because this looks good. It looks like you have a card-based combat system and you're throwing dice. I'm confused, but I'm excited. Um, yeah, there's also chess pieces in it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, happening. I didn't even piece that. Oh, my God, I didn't even piece that together, and that's a pun in itself. Um, so uh, that looks really great. I, that looks awesome. Um, just a quick rundown of, like, the things that were new announcements. So Codemasters, um, who was recently bought by EA, uh, just announced Grid Legends, which has a little bit of um, FMV action in the storytelling. And it looks like uh, they're trying to kind of be a narrative-based racing game. Um, so that's going to be coming out in 2022, um, focusing on kind of like some live action storytelling in that. Did you ever play the Grid games? No, but I like racing games in general. Um I'm a big Gran Turismo guy, and they just won't give me any info on that. The... There's no Gran Turinfo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was such a stretch. Yeah, Thank I'll, you for I'd the probably, pity laugh. I'd probably, no, I, I mean, it cracked me up maybe how bad it was. <laughs> um, but no, I'll, prob I'll probably play this because I, like, um, I like a good story, and I like racing, so combine those two. Not many games do that. Um, there was a game that I played way back on like PlayStation, I think called Mario Andretti racing. And that had like a pretty good career mode where you'd like, I don't know, Mario Andretti would like talk to you and stuff. <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah. Your career. Um, um, so yeah, I'll probably play it. I think like for me, arcadey, arcadey, arcadey racing games are generally what I go for. And then like maybe a maybe a story would be a easy entry point for me, but I was always a burnout person or a Mario Kart person. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I loved Wreckfest the other, like the other month when it was on the PlayStation Plus subscription. I had to stop playing it because I was like gripping the controller too tight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna hurt your hands. Yeah. Um, speaking of games that I think both of us uh, loved from earlier this year, it looks like Knockout City is getting its season two uh, fight at the movies. Coming up here, um, that's going to be today, July or yesterday, July twenty seventh. <laughs> so um, that is out. Uh, this is what happens when your show records before a big news drop. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it's got a bunch of kind of like movie inspired uh, sets and or sets. Geez, um, maps, arenas, I guess. arenas, yeah. maps, and uh, <laughs> costumes and cosmetics. Um, I don't think you and I have been on a show together talking about this um did you got kind of into this right i did actually i don't think you and i have been on a show together for like two months or something it's been 
kind of schedules are at all. The, the not in sync. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got pretty into it for a little bit. Um, I've kind of fallen off of it recently. Um, Gucci and I were playing it. Um, it was pretty fun. Um, it gets really, really intense, really sweaty. Um, the power ups are awesome. And I'm, it looks like there's going to be some new power ups, which I'm excited for. I think they showed off uh, the soda ball. Yeah. Funny. Um, I played it probably for like two or three weeks. I would like pop in and play two or three matches a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I fell off since then, but um, I really liked it. Um, yeah. I was surprised how much I liked it. <laughs> I haven't played like a competitive multiplayer game like that in a long time either. So that it's, was like, a nice change of pace. I feel like it also has a really unique um mechanic with the catching the ball because like, oh definitely i don't know any i mean maybe there's like a like a parry from a different game or something would be similar but yeah but how often is that in like what's ostensibly a third person shooter you know right yeah so that i think just that little because you can have some really awesome battles from like 10 feet away you know if someone curves the ball and they catch it or whatever and yeah, and, you know, you can put spin on it and make it do all those cool things. I, I don't know. It's an awesome game. We should play it more. And the lob throw where it like slows, you know, throws people's timing off. I'll go oh, yeah, this. that's the best. They like do the catch uh, animation and then like close their hands and then it hits them. It's like yeah. too soon. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, uh, you know, multiplayer <laughs> first person shooters, um, they announced season 10, season 10, which that's starts wild. next week. Of Apex Legends, it's Apex Legends Emergence is the next major update. Um, they're adding a new character who looks like that weird meme of the there's no such thing as coincidences guy, <laughs> um, which is super cool. Um, I got to get back into Apex. I was playing it on PC for a while at the start of the year with some friends. but Yeah, I got super into like season two, like bought the, the season pass and everything. But ever since then, I've kind of there's so many games. I was super into it at the very, very start and got the game. It was the only season pass I've ever bought. The only like whatever they call it, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. Upgraded Um, rewards pass or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I uh, played into the first season. Like it was literally like the first one they announced. And I was like, I love Respawn. And I just wanted to like pay them money for a game that I've been playing nonstop. Basically is the reason I bought it. Yeah. Uh, they announced Battlefield Portal, which is going to be part of Battlefield 2042. Um, it looks like you're able to bring in, it's like a create mode where you can create your own gameplay scenarios and it uh, mashes up 1942, Battlefield Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 3, like stuff from them. It looks like um, it's all in this new 2042 engine. So it looks like they're like, recreating all of these like iconic weapons and vehicles uh, and and costumes from past battlefield games for people to mash up together yeah and that'll be crazy to have like a jet and a prop plane in the same map i don't know oh if my you god that, yeah but <laughs> it feels like well, one jet versus 30 prop planes or something like that <laughs> yeah i i know my buddies were really into like battlefield 2 back in the day and and would like shoot like have people standing on the wing of their plane and shoot off of it and stuff. So I think this is playing into kind of that, like, you know, I think um, narratively a lot of first person shooters are pretty self-serious, but I think battlefield like at its best 
is very people being playful in yeah. a combat situation. And so I hope it leans into that part of it. Um, and the one more thing that everyone knew was coming <laughs> because of uh, the article calls it the worst kept secret in gaming yeah. <laughs> is, um, is they finally announced officially that uh, the dead space remake is real. Um, it's going to be coming from EA motive, which is, the team that did squadrons, Star Wars squadrons, and it is next gen and PC only. That's new information. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it, uh, it appears to be a remake of the first dead space game, um, which I think is an interesting path to take. I, I, um, dead space one is one of the few horror games I've ever actually played. It is beloved to me. I did it in the, the playthrough where you only use your like pistol, uh, you're like starting weapon and you just uh, there's an achievement for o- going through and only ever using that gun. Mm. And so that's how I chose to play it. And I loved it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if I could handle modern graphics in a game that's that grotesque. Yeah, I'm not a big gore person. Like I'm not I, uh, I'm not like a Rob Zombie movie fan. <laughs> I generally don't do gore either, but, um, you know, it's being done in Frostbite Engine. Um I, there's no release date, obviously, or Mm. window, but I'm a mark for that game. Um, And especially if it's a remake of the first one, I feel like I'd be really interested in checking that out. Um, In more news from EA, I thought this was super relevant to our show. Um, Over at at GameSpot.com, Eddie McCooch uh, writes that gaming is so popular that EA exec says the term gamer is outdated and is basically useless. <laughs> How does it feel to, f- to be basically useless and outdated? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have been for a while, but um, yeah, I can relate to I that agree with a lot of this. Cause even my mom plays like word space on her phone. So she's a gamer, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, basically everyone is whether they know it or not. <laughs> yeah. I, um, <laughs> I always think about how my mom plays words with friends with um with even with my like 91 year old grandma. Yeah. Um and it's like I think you know we we could get philosophical with it and it, as soon as you expand out from like games to like the concept of play. Mhm. Everyone's played you know a, a game of checkers or a game of monopoly or Right, the game of life or sorry or whatever presumably uh, almost (laughs) i i shouldn't say everyone but like it it, it's play is like an integral part of the human experience and so i think um this is just a good step in acknowledging that like by moving away from the term gamer which i think has like a very specific male uh white gatekeepery gamer game. image yeah, yeah. Connotations. that it, it kind of builds for me in my head um it's easier to be like yeah like everyone plays like play is a part of the human experience everyone plays and one of the things people play are video games and there's a whole variety of games in that medium um so that was a statement from electronics electronic arts vp l mccarthy uh vp of brand at ea uh and she is trying to 
recreate and revamp the branding of EA. She was speaking to Ad Week when she said that. Um, 14% of players self-identify as gamers, and that is as low as 6% for women, in a quote. Um, that seems low on both sides. Who are they... Who are they surveying? Just like random citizens? Because <laughs> if you, I feel like if you surveyed the listeners of Kind of Funny, then probably ninety percent of them would say they're gamers, regardless of sex. But if you, yeah, but if you're at Target, you know, just asking people who walk through the door. Well, I think like they can do <laughs> pretty direct outreach, right? Like, yeah. um, I think if you're playing any EA game, you're required to have like an email account with it at this point, right? They have yeah, definitely the EA service, so. Uh, one would imagine they're surveying, you know, she said very carefully, 14% of players self-identify as Interesting. gamers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, cool. Anyways, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about like, a a paradigm shift. Yeah. Um, anyways, I just thought that was neat and also kind of funny. Maybe we need to rebrand, rebrand as the mostly normal players podcast, but oh, yeah, that sounds like a, a player sounds like, uh, MNPG. MNPP. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, player just has the connotation of somebody who cheats on their it's, partner or yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, um, speaking of cheating, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, it almost feels like cheating that despite a historic chip shortage, <laughs> um, in the last week there was news from both Xbox and PlayStation uh, about their consoles selling like hotcakes. Uh, I pulled both of these stories from IGN. Um, the Xbox one was written up by Rebecca Valentine, uh, and we have uh, Taylor Lyles following that up with the PlayStation story, uh, both at IGN. Um, Xbox Series X and S are officially the fastest selling Xbox consoles ever, according to CEO Satya Nadella over at Microsoft. Uh, it came as news during their earnings call. Um, Intel CEO has said that this chip shortage could drag on until even 2023. Um, but despite that, they are able to have the fastest selling systems. Uh, it says specifically hardware sales were up 172% year over year, which makes sense because they weren't selling a new console last year and now they are to <laughs> Reb's article. Uh, and then over to the PlayStation article, we have PS5 passes 10 million units sold, but there's a lot of work ahead to make more units. Um, it's officially sold 10 million units. Uh, Jim Ryan over at Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, says there's still not enough consoles available. Um, it surpassed the milestone as of July 18th, and the hardware continues to outpace PS4. Um, it... That would make it, wasn't the PS4 the fastest selling PlayStation console? So that makes PS5 the fastest selling P PlayStation console. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I That just is kind of how things talk. Um, so, you know, they talk about um, some sales numbers of some of the major games and things like that uh, in Taylor's article. I just thought this was interesting. I, I would have assumed that there's no way that they were selling that quickly based on how just voracious the after sale market has been, but I guess maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah. And 10 million 
seems like way more than I would have even expected with everything that went went down like the last year or two. So it's like I'm really impressed that they even were able to make that many. Like yeah, I frankly so find it shocking. Yeah. <laughs> And being able to do that in like a environment where there's chip shortages and you know social distancing, you can't have as many workers probably. Yeah, that's really impressive that they were able to pull up that many. I wonder how many they would have sold if they are just unlimited access to them. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's been really interesting. Like one thing I think about is the way that um, people who were able to hold down jobs like felt an economic boost during the pandemic because of some of the stimulus money. So um, I think some more well-to-do people would have been out trying to buy it. I think that is part of the demand for it is, you know, people had nothing to spend money on. So there was a surge in game demand. So I, I think it could have been historic, like life changing amounts of consoles sold <laughs> if they could have produced enough of them. Yeah. Something we'll never know, but cool to think about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have this article that it says that the chip shortage could go all the way to 2023. So I know that's like, a long time. Hey, maybe my car will keep its value long enough that I can actually reasonably sell it or something. <laughs> my car's value went up by like $4,000 in the oh, last yeah, that's six right. months. I, I heard there was like a used car shortage or something and people were like selling their Hondas for like what they paid for them new yeah it's uh pretty wild to see um <laughs> it's all interconnected and uh, i know there was legislation being worked on by the biden administration to kind of ease that though um do you have any mostly normal questions we could ask each other i failed to grab one uh... and uh i also want to keep in mind that we have a little bit of a tight timeline maybe we just cut that segment yeah that's fine Hey, everyone. Uh, send us a text to 507-291-2991. Yeah, we would love a mostly normal question for next week. Hit us up. Um, with that, that's going to do it for our show today. Um, it was super great catching up with you, AJ, after like the two months of not being on a show together. Yeah. Uh, will you let people know where they can keep up with you online? Yeah, you can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E-I-D-E. Nice. Uh, you can barely find me at VG occasion. Uh, I think the top tweet you'll see is that I've recently just deleted my Instagram and Twitter for my personal life because I think social media is a cancer, but it also <laughs> lets me meet cool people and invite them to guest on the podcast. So yep. shout out to Twitter, but <laughs> who, um, if you want to contribute to the content, you can send emails to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow the podcast Twitter at mngamerspodcast. Sign up for Mostly Normal Monthly, our newsletter over at mngamers.substack.com. And leave us a five-star review on the podcast listening service that you rock with us on. It will help more people find the show. 
that's it for now. I'm gonna go run errands with my weird day off before I have an overnight at work. Nice. Everyone else, go play games. AJ, go back to work. I will. Bye. Bye. <laughs>